and a gift, he gives her gifts, gold and silver and different things that she takes back to her dad to say, this dude's serious. And when he does that, we see in the Bible that God gave us nine gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts of the Spirit. The next thing that happens in this sitting down of this first initial contact, the contract and the gifts and the price, the next thing they do to bind the contract is they drink a cup of wine together. Sound familiar? They drink a cup of wine. Now, some of y'all don't know your Bible good enough to understand where I'm going. I'm not trying to be mean, but but some of these things aren't clicking yet. I'm not seeing the excitement in your faces yet, but it's going to come. I'm not saying that mean. Let me make a statement right now, and I'm not saying that I'm Mr. Bible Scholar. This is the most illiterate Bible generation ever in the history of the world. We do not know the Bible. And the Bible says in Hosea, my people perish for lack of knowledge. We are on Facebook a lot. Can I just hit a nerve real quick? We're on Facebook a lot. We know all our friends. We know the latest move on the NBA game last night. We know all the things that are happening on the shows, but we don't know our Bibles. Come on, woe is me or amen. I'm not trying to be popular. That's a fact. This is the most biblical illiterate generation ever. We don't know what we believe. We know Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We should be going, okay, the next thing that happens here, why? Because we're studying. I'm not, I'm not saying this if you're new in the Lord. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying to get you to say, you know what? I need to get back in the word a little bit. I need to dig back into the word a little bit and start studying to show myself approved. Amen? Why are people being so deceived today? They don't know what they believe. They're not reading the word. Amen? So, As he's saying this, they drink a cup of wine to bind the contract. Go to Luke 22. I do want you to see this real quick. Luke 22. Tell the person next to you, pastor loves you. All right. He's not mad at you. He just wants you to be ready. I want to be ready. Amen. I want to be ready when the trumpet sounds. Luke twenty two fourteen. Watch this. Now, now it'll start ringing a little bit of a bell. When the hour had come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Interesting that this Sunday is Passover. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he what? Y'all reading your Bibles? What do you do? took the cup that sound familiar i just said that when the guy makes the thing to the woman they they seal the contract by drinking a cup of wine and he took the cup and gave thanks and said this take take this and divide it among yourselves for i say to you i will not drink of the fruit of the vine again until the kingdom of god comes then he took bread and gave thanks and broke it do you notice he said gave He gave bread and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. Sorry, 19. Gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. That's the price Jesus Christ paid for the church. Wasn't gold, it wasn't silver, it wasn't money, it wasn't work. He said, I give my body. I give my life. And then he says, this do in remembrance of me. See, a lot of times we take communion religiously. 
And we don't really think about it. And, and listen, one of the reasons is because we don't correlate these things. This is a revelation the church needs to hear right here. This, this, the, the correlation between the Jewish wedding and Jesus Christ and his church. Because it makes more sense now. And it's going to help you as, as we finish up. And he says, likewise, he took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the what? New covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. So the man goes and he gives a contract. He gives gifts, and then he seals it with them drinking a cup together of wine, which is exactly what we see in the Lord's Supper. He goes, he says to his bride, he said that the disciples were the first beginning, the apostles of the church. He says, I'm making a covenant with you. And, he, and then always we see in 1 Corinthians 11 down the road, now that they're gone, the new church is established, book of Acts has happened, and Paul says these words, this is what Jesus told us to do and how to do the Lord's Supper. And he said, and then repeat those words in 1 Corinthians 11. And we know that why we do that most people don't know why we do that. We don't do it to be religious. We do it, the Bible says, in remembrance of him and until the Lord comes again. So have you, so have you, uh, have you taken that gift? Have you received that gift? Have you believed that gift? The next thing happens is obviously, here's, here's where the rubber meets the road. The bride has to accept. Okay? The bride has to accept. There's a story back in Genesis uh, where uh, Abraham is sending a man, a servant ahead to, for his son Isaiah, or sorry, Isaac, and he's going to get him married. And as he goes to do this, that he asks uh, Rebecca, later on the father-in-law says to Rebecca, Rebecca, do you accept this? She says, I do. That sounds like our vows now. Do you accept these? And so, he says to the, to the lady, do you consent? Do you accept these, this contract, this, these gifts? Do you accept the plan that we have here laid out? And she obviously has to say yes. So we know that do you, we, when we confess Jesus Christ, we're saying, yes, I confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Yes, I believe Jesus died for my sins. Yes, I believe in my heart and confess that my mouth, that God raised him from the dead and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Yes, I repent of my sins. Yes, I give you my heart. Yes, I receive the great love and gift of eternal life. I do, I do, I do. How many have done your vows today to Jesus? Amen. How many say I do to Jesus tonight? I accept. The next thing that happens, and I'm going through this quickly, is the promise of consummation. Not consummation. It's not I do, and then that night the honeymoon begins. In the Jewish custom, and you got if you don't get anything else, get this part of this message. He promises her, we are going to come back together, but it's not going to happen right now. Now, this is the crazy thing. He tells her, I've got to go away. I've got to go away. And I don't know when I'm coming back. I've got to go and prepare a place for our honeymoon. I can't stay here with you right now because that would be out of order. Dad says, I got to come back to his house and I got to build a place that you're worthy of. 
And so we know in the scriptures, the Bible says, obviously, think about this. How many know the groom, if he had his way, would be back the next day? Men and women can say amen. Amen? Let me go put up a shack real quick. Let me go put four walls together. I'll be back tomorrow, honey. No, it couldn't be fast because the father had to approve that it was good enough. So the Bible says, let me throw some scriptures out. Matthew 24, 36, the Bible says, Of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of, my, of heaven, but my Father only. Why, does, why don't we know when Jesus is coming back exactly? Because only the Father knows. Because he has to approve what Jesus has been building for us in heaven for the honeymoon. Amen. So here we go. Listen to this. He says, I go, John 14, to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, see, I told you you start getting excited about this. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. That's the contract. See, he's telling the girl, I got to go prepare this place, and I promise I'm going to come back. But the contract of the Jewish wedding is there's no exact set time of how long he's going to take. She has to promise she will wait for him. And he has to promise he will return. And thank God, better than any Jewish custom that could ever be written, we have a God that cannot lie. Amen. And if he says he's coming back, he's coming back. And so he goes, I go to prepare a place for you. And then he says, watch this. And if I come again, I'll receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. Hallelujah. Amen. How many are so looking forward to that day? Amen. When we're going to see Jesus face to face. So the next thing is, he leaves. Jesus ascends into heaven. He's gone. And the church, the bride, the bride of the groom in the Jewish custom stays waiting and begins the next process, church, that we are in right now, which is the process of consecration and separation for her groom. That's why the Bible says, be separate. Be different. Do not be unequally yoked. Come out from them. Amen. Live a life of holiness. Live a life that's different. Live a life that glorifies God. Because we are not just some people who've been saved by some greasy grace. We are a church, the blood-bought church of Jesus Christ that is waiting for the King of kings and the Lord of lords to come back. And he's coming back for a church without spot and without wrinkle that's serious about this thing called the gospel because he shed his blood for it. Amen. And we have a gown on. We're trying to keep our clothes clean so we're not of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And so that girl had to leave that consecration area. She had to go out uh, in public with a veil over her face. And she said to everybody, I'm taken. If someone was checking her out, looking at her, trying to get her digits, amen, she said, I'm taken. I've already got a groom. I'm not of you. I don't want to have nothing to do with you. Everybody says, man, we got to win the world. We got to, no, be different. 
Amen. Jesus is really coming back. And he's really coming back for a church that's looking for him. Mark 16. Oh, here goes the next thing. Sorry, I'm, fin I'm, I'm, I'm moving. The other thing that happens, and this will ring a bell, is that she's consecrating herself and separating herself unto God, unto her, her groom, and, and making sure every day that she is not mixing herself with other people, that, that, that nobody thinks. If you want to go back to the story of Joseph and Mary, you'll remember that he almost had to, had to, had to do something hidden when they found out she was pregnant. Go, think, go look at the story of Mary and Joseph again, amen? And you're going to see how the fact was that they were already promised to be married but had not consummated yet. Is any of this ringing a bell? This is not accidental. And so she's watching herself and she's purifying herself and during this process of purification, she does what the Hebrew calls uh, mikvah. She has to take a purification bath. She has to go to a pool of living water, which is a ritual pur purification. And she emerges herself in this water in physical immersion. And she's cleansed and separated spiritually for the wedding ceremony. And this bath she takes is a, is a symbol of the old life becoming new. Mark 16, 16 says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. The bride of Christ goes to the living waters of the mikvah when we get baptized in water and we're immersed in water. It's a symbol of the separation of the old man and the new man, that it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives within me. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And so once we get saved, church, and once we get baptized in water, which is a symbol, we're not saved by that baptism. That water is just water, but it's a symbol of the salvation, and it's a symbol of us saying publicly to the church, I'm going to live a life that's different than everybody else in the world. I'm not going to be like the world. I'm not going to talk like the world. I'm not going to act like the world. I'm not going to do what the world does. I'm saving myself for the groom. And that's the life we live in right now. Set apart, consecrated, separated. Let me tell you something. This church preaching today in the world does not preach holiness. It doesn't preach it in general. Why? Because we're really getting close to the return. And Jesus said, and that's a whole other message, God, Jesus said, the gospel said, Paul said, all the Ephesians, Corinthians, Galatians, and all the, all the first and Thessalonians, first and second Timothy, first and second Peter, third Peter, first, second, third John, all those chapters are saying that in the last days there'll be coming a, a turning away, an apostasy. People will no longer endure sound doctrine that says we need to be different from the world. Amen. Now the church is more like the world than the world is like the church. And here's why. Because we're looking at this Jewish wedding and it says we've got to be separate and different. Now how many know that as soon as she left in the first few days after he left, it was probably not too hard to stay clean. But how many can imagine that after a little while, he hadn't come back yet. His, his return had been delayed People began to talk in the Jewish community. Ah, he must have found somebody else. Oh, she must not be good enough. 
All these things begin to be said. And that's what's happening today. Scoffers are saying, oh, you think Jesus is coming back? That's not, there's, there is no rapture. There is no Jesus. There is no salvation. Amen. Scoffers, 2 Peter 3, 3 says, will come in the last days walking according to their own lust. And they say, where is the promise of his coming? It's exactly what the girl would go through. And she'd have to say with a boldness, I know he's coming back for me. I know he's coming back for me. I know he's coming back for me. And so we must be ready at all times. In those moments when we feel like God's not even around, in the moments we feel like he's not coming back, we stay steady and we stay looking up and we stay believing that the reward that he's bringing with him is going to be way better than anything I'm having to suffer on this earth. What he's bringing with him is way better than what I've lost. Amen. And what I've lost, I count it as gain because I'm waiting for my Savior and I'm going to spend eternity with him. Amen. You can't take your house, your car, your money, your things with you but amen we're going up one day and we won't need any of that because eye has not seen and ear has not heard neither has it entered the heart of man those things which God has prepared for his bride hallelujah I'm ready Jesus I'm ready Jesus that's why the church can get to a place where they say even so come Lord Jesus even so come Lord Jesus. Now, I'm not going to read it tonight because I'm going to finish up right down Matthew 25, and you'll see at that point of the consecration and the point of the separation, the story and the parable of Matthew 25 of the ten virgins. Five are ready, five are not. Finally, number seven. This is all in correlation with the, with the Jewish marriage. Then finally, the return of the groom. He finally comes. And the Bible tells us very clearly, again, in Mark 13, 32, of that, of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. But remember, church, we've been talking lately a lot that we're in the season. Don't get it twisted that you, we can't know the season. Don't you think, church, don't you possibly think that, that over there in that Jewish area that there might have been some rumors going on and saying, hey, I haven't seen any more materials going into the room. They're, 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 I, don't th I, bet the, I bet the groom's almost done. They're not taking any more materials. There's no sawdust flying out anymore. So-and-so said that it's at any moment now. And then that girl begins to get really excited and says, man, I'm seeing some signs in the times that tell me that, man, this is really any moment now. This isn't just something I heard about 50 years ago, Dad, but this is something that's at any moment now, at any day, at any hour. So I got to make sure my clothes are clean. I got to make sure my iron's on. I got to make sure I'm not getting dirty from this world. I got to make sure I keep my eyes up on the author and the finisher of my faith because when Jesus comes, he's coming like a thief in the night amen that trumpet's going to sound and the bible says like the like the lightning that comes from the east to the west and flashes so will his return be unexpectedly in the jewish custom check this out guess what God, the father would finally say go and when he said go the groom would send some friends ahead and they'd begin to blow trumpets 
when they began to hear the trumpet sound, they knew that at any moment, at any moment, that groom would come, and in the Jewish custom, they were actually taken away very quickly because it was exciting for that bride to be ready, and the whole part of the play and the whole fun of it was that, that he would be trusting that when he got there unexpectedly, she would not be with curling iron stuff in her hair. Amen. She wouldn't be half with her makeup on and half off. She wouldn't be eating cereal in front of the TV. Amen. She would be with her dress on. She would be looking. She'd be looking pretty, and she'd be saying, I knew you were coming. Let's go. And he would take her quickly away. And she'd be gone, and he'd be gone, and then no one would know where they were. No one would know where they were. For the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Amen. Is anybody not excited? Then, let me finish, the consummation comes. And the bride chamber that's been prepared is now occupied. So the idea here, obviously, spiritually, this is not a sexual thing. But this is an intimate thing. That the creator of this universe is preparing a place for us right now. And he loves us so much that not only did he give his life for us, but he's going to take us up to be with him in this place that not everybody gets to go. Amen. Everybody can go, but not everybody's going to go. Blessed are they who believe. Jesus said, Thomas, you've touched my hand. You've touched my feet. You've touched my side. But blessed are they who believe in me and have not seen me. Amen. That's me and that's you. And so he's got a place that our eyes and our minds and our ideologies cannot even fathom. Forget the mansions, forget Hollywood, forget Beverly Hills, forget all the money in the world. It is nothing compared to the bridegroom chamber that God has prepared for us to take us out while hell is breaking loose on this earth. I don't know about you, but I'm at my faith in Jesus and I'm not going to be here when that stuff happens. Because I'm going up with my Father, with my Savior, with my Lord. Can you imagine how amazing? Now, women have a much better, much better uh, creativity on this than the men do. Amen. The place. Okay? But can you imagine? I mean, this is the honeymoon. When you go, you know what? Even when you're broke, you have a nice honeymoon. You might go into debt for the first three years of your marriage, but you do something you don't normally do on your honeymoon. You go places you've never been. It might just be Disneyland, but you go someplace you've never been. Amen. And so in our minds, we understand this is an important, special honeymoon idea place. Disneyland ain't got nothing on it. And we're up there while the rest of the world is in a horrible time 
of great tribulation. Now let me give you another thing. How many give me just a couple more minutes? There's a nugget for you. How many like nuggets? Not chicken nuggets. Golden nuggets. Isaiah 26. I love these little scriptures that are in the Old Testament. Somebody say this with me that's been in this church long enough to remember. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. Let me say that again for those that don't know. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Ignorantly, many people think, man, we, we just need the New Testament. We're New Testament believers. No. Every word, 2 Timothy 3 says, every word is inspired by God. Every word. And so the Old Testament is showing us stuff that the New Testament would reveal. And so here we are talking about a Jewish wedding, and here we are talking about all these correlations. And Isaiah 26 says something. It's a major prophet of the Bible. In verse 20, if you're not there, I'll read it for you. If, if you are, read it with me. If, write it down at least. He says, take refuge from the coming judgment. Now let me just stop there for one second and throw out another nugget for someone who might not really know the Bible tonight or, 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 or might be stuck listening to a lot of false doctrines. There's a lot of doctrines out there tonight that are saying that there is no, they call it a secret rapture. That's what, that's what the world calls it, a secret rapture. The only one trying to keep it secret is them. Those that believe in the rapture before the tribulation, we're shouting it from the mountaintops. We're saying Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, and so is tribulation, and you don't have to be here for it. I told you we're passionate about this. I told you I wish I could get a mic at UNT, Dallas, Texas Stadium, where the Rangers play, where the Dallas, I wish I could have a mic and scream to the world, Jesus is coming, and so is tribulation. And if you just put your faith in him, you don't have to be here when all hell breaks loose in this world. But listen to me. Listen to this preacher and listen to the word of God. It's coming. Whether you believe in it or not, it's coming. And you could choose to get in the boat as in the days of Noah, Jesus said. They were building that ark and people were mocking him and saying, man, you're crazy. There ain't going to be no flood. We've never seen water before. And just as people have never seen water before, they've never seen a rapture before. And they won't see it this time either. The only thing secret about it is they won't see us go. They won't see us go in the air, but they're going to see us gone. Amen. Now, I, I, I got to watch out that I don't start going somewhere else. I've been pretty good. I'm, I've been pretty focused tonight. Amen. So take refuge from the coming judgment. You mean we don't have to go through the tribulation? Oh, we're, we're Christians, and so we should suffer like everybody else. And, and Jesus suffered, and the disciples suffered, and so we need to suffer too. That's what they say. Well, guess what? My, I say, go ahead. I'm not going to because I'm married. I'm engaged. I'm engaged to the groom who says he's going to come get me before the judgment comes. And I wonder if it's not true why he went and built a place for me to go. Because the rapture says he's coming to take us up in the clouds. Doesn't say he'd ever hit the ground. He's coming, we're going up. 
Amen. We're going up. He's coming to a place. We're going to meet him in the air. It doesn't say he's coming down to the ground and we're going to shake hands and then we're going up. He says we will go up in the air to meet him in the clouds. Last time I checked, they're up in the air. Quite a ways, amen? And we're going up with him and we're going up into the chamber because he says right here in 20, take refuge from the coming judgment. You know what that means? That means I have a choice to take refuge from the coming judgment. God's not teasing me and you. He's not saying that there's refuge, but you, I'm just teasing you with refuge. There's a place you can go to be safe, but I'm not really going to let you come. Amen. God's not April fooling us. He's not teasing us. He's not making fun of us. Come, my people, and enter your chambers. And amen, it ain't some small, little, confined, claustrophobic chambers, praise God. Amen. It's a big chamber. Amen. It's some big chamber where the Bible says... It's awesome. And says, shut your doors behind you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation is past. This is getting anybody excited. This is a golden nugget from Isaiah 26. For behold, the Lord comes out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. It's coming. Oh, why you got to talk about that? Because I don't want anybody to go through it. Are you serious? If a train was coming to hit you right now, and I just stood there and said, well, I don't think he wants me to let him know. That's stupid. There's a train coming to this world, and we have a voice. We need to use it, and we need to tell people, get out of the way. You can have, you can have salvation. You don't have to go through this. And he says, the earth will disclose her blood and will no more cover her slain. I close with this. The marriage supper is the last one. We go back to Revelation 19 where we started. Jesus is taking us up into the chamber. And as we're up in this chamber, there's one thing I forgot to say that's exciting. Here's the amazing thing. Watch this. How long is the tribulation? Seven years. That's clear as a bell. Bible says it. One thing for clear, super clear, is from the day the abomination of desolation happens, when the Antichrist stands in the temple, there'll be 1,290 days. That's three and a half years. So we understand, this is just a few more little things that are important tonight, because you know what? We might not have Sunday. Sunday might not come. So let's get this out right now. Let's understand that if the, if the rapture does not happen before the tribulation starts, and the peace treaty is signed with the Antichrist between Israel and the nations surrounding them, and the temple begins to be built, and these are all other subjects that are being, being touched and will continue to be touched. Come out tomorrow night. And as this is all being done, once the tribulation starts, we will know the exact time frame of the second coming of Christ. Not the, not the coming for him to come take us away while the tribulation happens. But the coming of Christ that we're going to read in just a second where he comes down onto the earth. Y'all follow me? So if there's no pre-tribulation rapture, 
if this is all false, then none of the scriptures that Jesus said made any, make any sense. Because he said, behold, I come quickly as a thief in the night. And if the tribulation starts, we begin to read the book of Revelation and we begin to know exactly how long it'll be from when the peace treaty signed to when the Antichrist stands in, in, the, in the temple in the, middle, in the middle of the tribulation. And then we know from exactly when the Antichrist stands in the middle of the tribulation to the coming of Christ, it's three and a half years. That means we could live however we wanted to live during the tribulation, but that's false and stupid too. Sorry for the word stupid, but there's going to be so much stuff happening on this earth. Two-thirds of the population are going to die. It is not going to be any longer. Listen, I'm a huge sports fan. There'll be no more NBA. There'll be no more cruise ships. Come on, church. There'll be no more vacations. I'm not trying to preach doom and gloom. I'm trying to preach the word of God. Amen. There's not going to be all this leisure stuff we do right now. The churches are going to be packed. These chairs will finally be filled. Every one of them with people waiting on the outside to say, can you please tell me what in the world is happening right now? Why is this happening? What is going on? And we won't be here to tell them. Somebody, listen, somebody will have this microphone. It's not going to be me. Somebody will have this microphone. And somebody, I'll let them use the pulpit. Somebody can have this. It's theirs. We built this church and built walls. I always say, how many times do I say, when I'm building something, I say, I'm building this for the Antichrist. So it'll be here when they come. And they say, use this church. Those walls aren't going to come down easily. They can use it because I'm not going to be here. And this is serious stuff, church. This is now stuff right now. And so we understand that it has to be before the tribulation because otherwise all the words of the expectancy of not knowing when he comes are out the door. Y'all understand that? That's what we have to understand. So the final thing is the great marriage supper. I said in the very beginning, let's go back to Revelation 19 and end there. I'm not going to have the musicians come quite yet because I want to do one last thing. Actually, you, you guys can go ahead and come, but you don't have to play. Just begin to make your way up here for a second. Revelation 19. Where do you want to be? The marriage supper. What's the marriage supper? Now they've consummated. Now they've been hidden. We've been in heaven for seven years. We've been in this place that God has prepared at the chamber to protect us from tribulation. While tribulation is happening on this earth. Now there's a lot more stuff, church. I'm, I, there's so much stuff I can't get. That's why I did this forum on Thursday nights. I can't talk about it all. There's way too much stuff. That you need to know it. Don't stay home tomorrow night and watch Desperate Housewives. I don't even know if that's on anymore. Or Preachers of L.A. <coughs> Come listen to the word of God. Because this is serious stuff and you can help some people. And there's some stuff in this word that you can point them to the headlines and look, say, look, how are you going to deny this? Because I haven't, a lot of this stuff, I'm not really talking so much about prophecy as much as I am the correlation between this tradition because it's important for us to understand if we're going to sound the alarm, we've got to understand we're the bride. We're the bride. So here we are back right where we started. Revelations, we'll read 19 in a second, says, and the spirit and the bride say, come. 
And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts, come. And whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Look at Revelation 19. You guys got that thing ready back there, Jeff? Okay. Dylan, you can get the, wherever Dylan is. Okay, good. We'll show you something in just a second to end. Y'all at Revelation 19? Say a loud amen if you've gotten something out of this tonight. Good, amen. Watch this. I'm in Luke. No wonder I can't find it. Like, that don't sound like Revelation. Talking about Mary. All right. Verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. And his eyes were like the flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Now watch this. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. And the Bible goes on to say that there's a great supper that's going to happen and and we're going to celebrate after the defeat at Armageddon. Read all this later, but stay with me for a second. As Jesus comes back, it's called the second coming of Christ. People don't understand their Bible, and so they think that that we're making up two returns of Christ. One is called the rapture, harpasso, the catching and snatching away. And we understand that because of the correlation between the Jewish wedding and the bride. Amen? The second one is the second coming of Christ. This time he will come down, and listen, this time he's not coming down to die. This time he's not coming down to bow. This time he's not coming down to stay in a manger. This time he's coming down as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And he is going to defeat those enemies. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen.